0: I don't have music. It's the middle of the night. But I thought for podcast subscribers, I'd give you a bit of a midweek thing. Power rankings. And I'm not going to get into who rose and who dropped. am just going to tell you where everybody sits right now. Which should give you an idea of how much the rankings move during the week. And for those who listen to this, keep track... And then on Saturday, when I do the power rankings again, you can go, wow, those teams moved back to where they were. Or that fall that he had started died. Or that fall that he had started continued. At 31, Detroit. Pretty simple. The Red Wings at 31. Nobody can skip to the end of this because it wouldn't make any sense. I'm not going to mess these up because you can't see them. Number 30 is the Kings. Because the Kings are in the tank right now, and they're having a hard time digging their way out. Number 29 is the Panthers, who have only got one win so far. The Kings have two, and Detroit has one. 28, the Rangers. I thought about moving the Rangers up one spot, but I'm waiting for tomorrow night's results. At 27 is the Islanders. The idea being this. Let's say Florida goes in and beats the Islanders. How does that affect the rankings? Simple. Simple. The Rangers jump past the Islanders, so would Phil, So would Florida. Why? Well, because the Rangers beat the Panthers. So by my math, the Rangers would then be better than the Islanders. Florida moves up past the Islanders. The Islanders drop two spots. Both the Rangers and Florida move up one. Uh, Arizona's at 26 because they're showing signs of scoring. At 25 is Vancouver. They are down because, well, let's be honest, Besser's out. And uh, the game against... Washington, again, looked like David versus Goliath. They've lost two of their last three, and in both of those losses, they looked like the lesser team of the two. And the one win they got was over a Boston team that was playing its third game in four nights. Uh, 24, the Oilers. I bumped the Oilers up tonight. Why? Because they took Pittsburgh to overtime, and Kosh Sarnet. they probably deserved to win it. If they'd won it, I would have bumped them to 23 ahead of... Ottawa Senators the Senators are sitting in twenty third they have not moved down since the power rankings even though they lost tonight and I think that's the part that that throws people off the power rankings aren't just about you win your game and you move up it's about you in relation to the other teams so for instance I have them behind Philly that being the senators Philly's in twenty second Philly has a record that may be worse win-loss-wise than Ottawa's, but remember, I take into account as a shootout, is it an overtime win, that they come back for it? I try to measure who's actually playing the best hockey when I do the power rankings. And sometimes the record doesn't come into it, and sometimes I get some not very nice comments about who's higher up. But I've learned over the last two years, leave it. Just leave it, because when I start second-guessing and I start moving teams around going, yeah, no, they're right, then I regret it later. St. Louis is at 21. St. Louis had a good couple of games. We'll see if they keep it up. At 20, Columbus. Columbus took a nice nosedive tonight after what happened with Arizona because there was a bunch of teams behind them waiting to jump up. At 19, Dallas. Now, Dallas technically is down a spot from where they were when I did the power rankings. But they're up a spot from where they were entering play tonight after that one against the Kings. Only bumping them up one spot. Only over Columbus because Columbus lost to Arizona. At 18, Montreal. Montreal is slowly making that climb. Again, with Montreal, the trick is what's going to happen when they play teams like Tampa, Boston, Toronto, when they go out west and they play a team like Colorado or Nashville? How real is this? We don't know yet. It's too early in the season. At 17, I have Minnesota. Minnesota's middling. The record's kind of middling. And where they are in the rankings is kind of middling as well. But they've moved up. And yes, they're head of Dallas, the team that they beat the other night. Uh, Buffalo is at 16, to the surprise of everybody. And part of the reason I'm doing this is because I don't think Buffalo hit the second row at all last year. So just in case they have a couple of bad games between now and Saturday and they drop out of the second row, I just wanted to document that, yes, they're in the second row. At 15, I have Vegas. Vegas is hanging around in the middle. Of course, tomorrow night they play against Vancouver. Number 14, I have Calgary. Calgary's dropped a couple of spots. 13, I have Chicago. Chicago's making that slow climb as well. And and again, some teams are making a rapid climb and some it's slower. And when it's overtime wins, when it's comeback wins, when they're not convincing or they're over teams that aren't playing well, it's going to be a slower rise. At 12, Carolina. Carolina had been down to 15. They're back up to 12. They're out shooting everybody like crazy. They win their next game. I guarantee they're at least 11 because at 11, I have Anaheim who are dropping. Yeah, they dropped out of the top row tonight. They went from... 7th to 11th just tonight because at 10th, I have Boston. Yes, Boston's back up to 10, and back up in tonight's spot is Pittsburgh. And I think what I like with the power rankings, and I, I took a lot of heat for the way that I was doing them early in the season, is that the top 10 have kind of stayed the same as they were when I did the preseason rankings. Uh, number 8, San Jose's back into the top row, they're at 8. Washington is at seven. Washington, there's risk there in that uh, if they lose their next game, they probably drop out of the top row just because San Jose's playing well and Pittsburgh's starting to show signs they're waking up. Uh, New Jersey's at five. I know that's high, but New Jersey was so darn impressive in their first four wins. And while they have lost their last two games, On that small sample size, I still think they're the sixth most impressive team in the league this year. However, uh, again, a couple of losses and they'll be right out of the top row. Number five, I have Winnipeg. Number four is Toronto. You'll notice no changes here. Three is Tampa, two is Colorado, and number one is still Nashville. Now Nashville lost tonight and they lost at home. They lost a two-goal lead to San Jose. So here's the trick. Tomorrow night, we have a, a Colorado Avalanche game, and if Colorado wins it, then odds are, depending on how that win occurs, um, what whether it's you know uh, a shootout win may diminish their chances of being number one. But if, if it's a win in regulation, let me just take a quick look at the board, and it is against Tampa. They win at home against Tampa tomorrow. Colorado will move to the number one spot. They'll be 7-1-2. Nashville with the loss tonight drops to 7-2. and two. I am perfectly fine with Colorado being number one on the board. And that's the the one thing that I, I try to impart when I do my rankings, and, and I know people get emotionally into it because it's like, that's my team. He's talking about my team. He's got my team in, in 17th spot. Why is my team in 21st? This doesn't make any sense. The board changes every night. And I base it on okay, who won their game over a better opponent? Who won their game more impressively? Uh, did you need a shootout? If you needed a shootout, I'll treat it like a tie. If you got a tie against a team that's say Tampa or Nashville, that's going to be more impressive than if you got a tie against say Ottawa. It won't always reflect who has the best record. It won't always reflect who's number one in the division, who's number two or number three, because as the season rolls along, the team that's playing the best may not be the team that's leading the division. And that's, that's what I try to do with it. It's, it's a challenge. There are times that I look at the board and I say, oh, that team's way too high. And I do, I, I call it a market correction. I did that with St. Louis a couple weeks ago. I was like, yep, market correction. Uh, Dallas last week, market correction, where uh, that nosedive happens. And a nosedive for me is, is moving a team down five spots after a loss. It's where it's like, yeah, they're they're not playing well right now. So for, and, and the other thing is that for Dallas and St. Louis in particular, for them to dig their way back up from that market correction is going to require a lot of work. Because there were things I saw in both teams' games that uh, made me nervous. So even though St. Louis comes out of Winnipeg um, with a point, I look at that and I say, yeah, but they probably should have won that game. And, and the win over Toronto, as impressive as it was, is kind of this, this island in the middle of their season so far, and it doesn't seem to tell the whole story. If anything, it tells the story of Toronto maybe taking them lightly when they shouldn't have. And here's the rule, you don't take anyone lightly. Even number 31 on the board, Detroit, they can be dangerous. And I try to watch as much of every team as I can. But here's an example of how um, what I'm watching may surprise people. Tonight, I watched mostly Arizona and Columbus. Yep. Uh, Dallas was playing L.A., saw so very little of that game. I watched uh, probably about a half a period altogether uh, with flipping back and forth. Um, and then I watched the... Second half of the second period and the third period of Edmonton and Pittsburgh, I flipped around out. I'm always changing channels, but I try to focus on one game because I find that if I'm just flipping channels constantly, I don't see anything. I don't see goals. I don't see any controversial plays. I don't see anything. I'm I'm guaranteed to miss every goal. I'm guaranteed to not know what's going on. I may lose track of a game because when you've got six or seven games on at a time, it's easy to lose one. It's easy to, after about an hour, go, oh, crap, Carolina's playing Dallas. I forgot all about it. So I do my best to to change channels here and there, uh, keep track of scores uh, using the NHL app. And if I see a score that seems odd, I will switch over to the game that has an odd score to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, usually if a game's got an odd score where the underdog's got a three nothing lead the announcer will not shut up about it so pretty quickly after tuning into the game i will have a good idea of what's happened whether it's bad goaltending it's opportune shooting it's just a team getting dominated i'll have a really good idea what's happening so there you go the power rankings for the middle of the week and uh, for you guys to know where everybody is, you'd have to listen and write them down. Back in the day, I used to listen to radio, and you had to pay attention. You had to write stuff down. Now you can just cheat. You can just go onto a YouTube video and just flip to the end. That's why I do what I do. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like, hey, man, you know, Shannon seems like he does a good job with his power rankings, but that dick movie does it at the end where he moves all the teams around. I do that because I got tired of arguing with people. I would upload the video. I'd come home from work, and I would do my my review video and I do my power rankings. My review videos were nowhere near what they are now. They were not as elaborate as they are now. Until I think it was January, which ironically is when YouTube revenues are the worst for the entire year. You're you're making. I was making I think a third of the money for the same amount of views as I was in December. It was just sad because um, my view count went up and my my revenues dropped by more than half. But uh, it, it's. It was weird because I would post the video. It would go live at, say, 11.46. And 11.49, I would see people saying, this stream's at number one. You're an idiot. I'd be like, wait, what? It, It just posted. How could... What? I'm an idiot? What? And so every week, I found I was arguing, usually with the same people. Very often, fans of a certain team from a certain city of Toronto that would be very, very vocal about where I had their team that week. So eventually I'm like, you know what? Screw them. So before the video would end, I would move the teams around, and I would usually make sure that I had Toronto in a ridiculous spot, really, really low. And then I would reset, and I would talk as if these are the real rankings. This is it. Look at the rankings. Look how amazing they are. And so those same people would be like, are you on drugs? Those teams are the top three. You're an idiot. I'm unsubscribing. And people would call them out on it. People who would load the video would say, wait, this posted five minutes ago. And you've already you've already mentioned. You've already commented. And I would post. I would respond and say, hey, I caught you. You skip to the end. Stop skipping to the end. If you're not going to. And here's the reason why. I'm not a dick. I get it. You don't, not everybody has 20-plus minutes to sit and watch a video where I wax poetic about number 1 through 31 on the power rankings. But I work on this board every day. This board is the power rankings board. Nothing else goes on it for 10 months of a year. And I, I, I make sure that my rankings are updated after every single game. That's roughly 1,300 games that I'm trying to track exactly where I think every team is. And it's, it is a challenge. So I put a lot of work into it. So I don't expect people to necessarily sit through the entire video. But don't just skip to the end and tell me that for the last week that I've been tracking this that I have some kind of an agenda. Because if I have an agenda, I'm lousy at it. Because Boston's in 10th, Dallas is in 19th, and Vancouver's in 25th. None of them are in the top row. Nashville, number one. Colorado, number two. Tampa, number three. Toronto, number four. Winnipeg, number five. New Jersey, number six. I don't have an agenda for any of those teams. I'm doing really badly with my agenda. My agenda should be, I like the Carolina Hurricanes. Love those new thirds. They should be top five. Boston, they should be top five. And I should be making arguments like, hey, based on last year's record for Boston, they should be up there. Hey, look at the shot differentials for Carolina. They are impressive. They're going to start scoring. I deserve to have them in the top five. But I don't. There is no agenda. There are nights that I update the board and I call Yvonne over and I go, my God, look who's number one. And her jaw drops and she goes, oh my God, they're number one. Yeah. There have been nights where I I go to post a power rankings video and I'm nervous because I look at the team that's number one and I'm like, wow, how the hell did that happen? And then I look back and this is why I don't second guess myself. I'll look back over their record over the last two weeks. And I look over the record of the other teams that are in that vicinity over the last two weeks, and I go, you know what? Yeah, no, that's the right decision. That's the right team. That's the right call. So I don't lose sleep over it anymore. Um, it is th- There is a subjective nature to the way I do it because not all games are created equal. Not all wins are created equal. Not all losses are created equal. So um, I, I do have a subjectivity to it. That's why Florida nosedived one weekend even though they'd only played like two or three games i was like wow florida does not have it this year so they dropped 11 spots in week one almost unheard of middle of the season for a team to drop like that but i will say that now that this is my full-time job the hockey guy thing is my full-time job i can watch every single night's hockey you will see more market corrections this year than last year you will see teams nosedive Because I can see they don't have it. Like LA, like Florida, have both done. If I was working, if I wasn't sitting and watching games, as much as I'm watching them right now, I guarantee those teams would be rated higher, probably in the 25 or 26 range. Not a lot higher, but higher. I'd be resisting dropping them right to the bottom. Having watched enough of their hockey to be comfortable with it, I've dropped them down near the bottom. So there you go. Bit of an insider's view i i guess of how i do my power rankings and uh how i intend to continue to do my power rankings because they're they're pretty sound so when i see somebody say hey you've got you know like for instance the uh, one criticism that i had on my rankings was that i had floor or vegas at uh 14 and i had ottawa at 25 well right now vegas is at 15 and ottawa is at 23 Vegas's record is still 500, and Ottawa's is right around 500, too. So they're getting closer together, even though their records haven't really changed much since Saturday. So the board works. I have no problem with it. And, and that's why I do refer to it as its own entity. It has a brain of its own. Because at the end of the night, when I look at it, I'm like, well, yeah, know, that's pretty accurate, like moving Edmonton past Vancouver tonight, even though Edmonton loses. I'm like, no, Edmonton's still playing better than Vancouver right now. And Vancouver, likely without Besser tomorrow night in Vegas. Maybe uh, we see Archibald in the lineup. They might be um, a little more rough and tumble than usual, but the, the talent level's going to drop without both Peterson and Besser and uh, Vegas Pacioretty's overdue for a breakthrough so I wouldn't be surprised to see Pacioretty get a couple of goals and an assist tomorrow night and some kind of a breakthrough because he's due and Vancouver at five and four that record's a little bit better than it probably should be Um, considering the roster they have the defense they have and you know they've played well this so far this season but I expect them to start falling back to earth that's the weird part is that Vancouver was five and three on Saturday night and I still had them near the bottom of the board and nobody complained to me about that I didn't know maybe they did in the, com- the comment section but I didn't see it I didn't see anybody saying oh Vancouver should be much higher than that why do you have Vancouver so low no I had Montreal fans complaining they were too low I had uh, uh, comments from I believe Philly fans Minnesota fans But I didn't have anybody asking, hey, why do you have your favorite team, the Vancouver Canucks, so low after they just beat the Bruins? Why are the Bruins still in the top 11 and Vancouver is way down even though Vancouver just beat Boston? And the answer is because one game, depending on the result of the game, overtime win. Did the Canucks dominate? No. So yes, they won. Yes, Boston lost another one on the road boston dropped seven spots in a week it was a bad week it does not mean that vancouver is a better team than boston at this stage so there you go all right now i'm going to stop but uh thank you guys so much for 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 listening i appreciate all my podcast listeners out in listening land and uh, i i did enjoy the cacophony of podcasts that was posted the other night and uh, we will do that again i'm deciding how to structure it there will be a structure to it going forward at, at some point we'll figure out some kind of a structure um we're all just you know figuring it out as we go but it is a fun thing to do uh yvonne and i aim to do it once every two weeks i'm i'm thinking it could be more frequent than that there may be some some nights where it's sort of an improv thing and i just post a post one um you know these are people that have me added on skype so at any point in time i can just ring them up and go hey do you want to sit in and talk hockey for a while so there you go thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't subscribed to the hockey guy channel on youtube feel free to do so and i'll talk to you again soon